eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task, one with so many options and paths that you end up feeling overwhelmed and confused instead of inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, mindset, and home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Today I want to talk about something that is a part of all of our day-to-day lives. Um, If you're listening to this right now, you are currently using it, and it's something that not a lot of people correlate with their overall environmental impact. So a lot of people aren't really super conscious of this in terms of like comparing it to things like waste and you know, other things when it comes to eco-friendly living, but it does have a big impact. So let's talk about electricity. So although electricity is a clean and pretty safe form of energy when it is used, the generation and transmission of electricity do have a lot of impacts on the environment. So pretty much all forms of electricity generation have an environmental impact on air, water, and land. And why is this? Well, in the United States, about 65% of total electricity generation was produced from fossil fuels. This is from research that came from 2018, but the numbers are pretty much still the same now. And the fossil fuels that are used in generation of electricity are things like coal, natural gas, and petroleum. And then also materials that come from power plants, things like biomass, and then also municipal and industrial waste. When these fossil fuels are burned to generate the electricity that we use, very harmful combustion gases are put off into the atmosphere. And chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, you know how harmful those gases that are released can be for the environment. Those are things like carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxides, particulate matters, and then also heavy metals like mercury. All of these are things that are burned off from these fossil fuels and released into the atmosphere. And this is what does not make any sense to me about climate change deniers. Like if you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, you are going to be polluting your body, right? You're putting all of this harmful toxins and gases into your body and breathing them into your lungs. So of course, over time, your lungs are going to get unhealthy. They're going to get diseased. It's going to, you know, it's going to make you sick. So I don't, it does not click in my mind why people want to deny climate change so hard, knowing that we are pumping our atmosphere full of all this nasty, toxic gases. Like it does not make any sense. If we are pumping our air full of toxins every day, of course there are going to be environmental consequences. 
Another thing about the generation of electricity is that a lot of time these power plants, not only do they release these harmful gases into the atmosphere, but they also a lot of times have liquid and solid wastes that are also harmful to the environment. So things like ash that comes from the power plants and then sludge. A lot of power plants actually have what's known as sludge pools on the property or next to them, which these sludge pools, it sounds disgusting and it is disgusting, but it pretty much leaks like the solid waste leaks into these pools of water and then they have the potential to pollute local waterways and streams and you know get into the local water reservoirs, which is just disgusting. Another horrible aspect to these power plants are the health implications of those living around them. Oftentimes, these power plants are placed in communities with minorities, low-income populations, and indigenous populations. And so these are the people that have to deal with the burdens and outcomes like the environmental harms and the adverse health reactions of the power plants. It's scientifically proven that people near power plants have issues of heart and lung disease like asthma and bronchitis and the increased susceptibility to respiratory and cardiac symptoms as well as greater numbers of emergency room visits and hospital admissions and premature deaths. So all in all, the power plants that generate the electricity that we use have tons of negative impacts. And this is why it is so important to be aware and be mindful of our electricity use. Because the more electricity we all collectively use, the more electricity is going to have to be generated by these toxic power plants. And here's where I stop our, you know, regularly scheduled programming to just remind you that even though I am talking about our environmental footprint when it comes to electric use, I am not pinning the blame on us as individuals, right? When you think about how much electricity it takes to keep your household running versus like keeping a Walmart open or, you know, any of those giant big box stores, remember that 100 companies make up 70% of greenhouse gas emissions. So again, this does not fall on your shoulders. Don't feel guilty about it. I just want to inform you that way you have this piece of knowledge in your tool belt and that way all of us as individuals can still do better, even if it's not our sole responsibility and climate change does not fall on our shoulders. I still think that it's very important to try as best we can to make these small changes in our lives and to advocate for doing better on a bigger scale as well. But with all of that being said, if you are trying to be mindful of your carbon footprint and your environmental impact, electricity use is a part of that that you have to take into consideration. So if you have been thinking about this and you've thought about it in the past, a lot of people try to save electricity in their house by turning off lights when they leave the room or lowering your AC a little bit or not putting your heat as high things like that, even like buying energy saving products and switching out light bulbs with LEDs. You know, there are a lot of different ways that we as consumers are trying to be more environmentally friendly and use less electricity around our house. But what a lot of people don't know is this thing called phantom energy. And it is pretty much where whenever you 
have something plugged into the wall, whether it's a phone charger, your computer, you know, a laptop, a gaming system, even if whatever device you have plugged in is turned off, that product is most likely still drawing what is known as phantom energy. It's estimated that up to 10% of household energy use is by things that are turned off but still plugged in. 10% guys, that is so much of electric use. Some things that use up the most phantom energy are anything that uses a remote control, external power supplies, um, you know, like those the cords that have that big black box, you know, like the laptop chargers or printer chargers or the cord that goes to the Wi-Fi router, anything like that. And then laptops and chargers. All of those draw a decent amount of phantom energy as well as things that are on all the time for like a digital clock, things like the microwave or your coffee maker. Anything like that draws a pretty decent amount of phantom energy even if they are turned off. According to the Energy Star website, the average American household spends more than $100 each year to power devices that are turned off. Now, when you take the whole nation into consideration, phantom power accounts for more than $10 billion in energy costs each year. So next time that you are trying to lower your electric use around your house, besides just, you know, flipping off the light switch when you exit the room or not having your AC turned up as high as you might like it, really consider unplugging your electronics when you're not using them. One really easy way to do this is by using power strips. Those little strips that you can plug like four or five different things into and they have a switch on them like the on and off switch and most power strips use absolutely no electricity when they're turned off which cuts vampire power or the phantom power consumption to zero for any appliance that's plugged into them. They even make power strips that have a timer on them. So, you know, if you don't want to unplug your Wi-Fi router every day or, you know, have to manually go in there, a lot of people set it to where if there's something like a gaming setup or the Wi-Fi setup, anything like that, that you want to turn off between like 10 p.m. and six in the morning or whatever, there are ones that you can buy that actually have a timer on them. You can get them on Amazon for literally like 20 or 25 bucks. These are also really good for things like decorating the outside of your house. So if you put up lights for Halloween or Christmas or anything like that, you, you can set up one of these timed power strips. That way the lights are only on during the nighttime when people can actually see the lights. So yeah, getting power strips, just regular power strips or power strips that are timed are really good options for cutting back on this phantom energy use. But you can always just go old school and, you know, unplug things straight at the source. So yeah, if you're curious about your carbon footprint in terms of how much electricity you use and things like that, EPA actually came out with a carbon footprint calculator where you can kind of input some of your daily activities and things like that and it will monitor your carbon footprint for you and tell you what the estimated footprint that you have is. Now if you're listening to this and you're like what the heck is a carbon footprint? What does that even mean? Let me break it down like really simple. A carbon footprint is pretty much the total amount of carbon that we all collectively emit due to human activities. 
The biggest contributors to carbon emissions, at least in the United States, are transportation, which is about 29% of carbon emissions, electricity generation, which accounts for about 25%, industrial activities, which is 23%, commercial and residential heating, which is 13%, and then agriculture accounts for about 10%. So yeah, when it comes to figuring out your carbon footprint on an individual level, all of those things are pretty much taken into account and compiled in a way that you can kind of see where your big carbon sucks are. And you might ask, well, why does this matter? Well, our carbon footprint and the amount of carbon dioxide that we produce pretty much directly correlates with climate change and global warming. Just as a collective whole, the more carbon dioxide we produce, the more warming there will be in our atmosphere and our world. But something that's really interesting about our personal carbon footprints is that the idea was actually a part of a greenwashing campaign by petroleum companies. It was a strategy that shifted the responsibility of climate change to us as individuals rather than addressing the big issue with fossil fuel. So with all that being said, it is more important for everybody as a whole to try to switch things around and make it to where our carbon footprint collectively is less, right? So things like switching to renewable energy, um, that's really the big thing. And, you know, starting to drive less, use more public transportation, like literally things that we as individuals cannot do unless we come together as a collective whole and urge our world leaders to make huge changes. But that doesn't mean that individual changes don't make a difference. And unless you're new here on the podcast, then you probably know that I am a huge advocate for making small changes in your life. I do believe that all of the small changes really add up to make the world of difference. And I believe that it's not just about a couple people making the change. Like the more of us that are making eco-friendly changes in our lives, it's going to create ripple effects within our friend groups and our families and our communities where more people see how easy it is to live eco-friendly. So, you know, cutting back on your electric use and doing things to lower your carbon footprint in my opinion, it's really impactful because it can inspire others to do the same. But as individuals, besides just doing things to lower our carbon footprint and our environmental impact, one really, really, really impactful thing that we can do is to organize and pressure our governments to take action against climate change and for renewable energy. And again, like I feel like everybody's individual carbon footprint was made for us as the individuals to feel guilty about something that is not our fault, just like I talked about earlier. So I'm not saying to like go and track your carbon footprint and become obsessive as to how to crunch all the numbers. Like don't let this steal your joy and don't let it be something that constantly stresses you out. But there is this carbon footprint calculator from the EPA. So if you literally Google like EPA carbon footprint calculator, I'll also link it in the show notes. That way you can just hop to the link through that. But it's a really cool tool to use. You can input the number of people in your household and your zip code. And then you pretty much input like your electricity bill, how much that is, how much you drive, just things like that. And it pretty much gives you ways that you can reduce your emission. And then it shows you like how much 
your carbon footprint is, which I guess that's kind of obvious since it's called the carbon footprint calculator. But yeah, if it's something that you haven't looked into before and you haven't calculated before, the findings can be really interesting and kind of give you ways that you can reduce your environmental impact. So yeah, I hope that this episode helped teach you something about electricity use and how it is tied to our environmental impacts, as well as the negative environmental impacts that electricity generation has on both the environment, our land and water, and also the health implication it has for the people around the power plants. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. And until next time, bye!